Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm Andrea. And I'm Haley. And you're listening to Inhuman, a true crime podcast. So before we get started today, I just wanted to kind of update you guys a little bit on um, a couple of cases, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because I know we kind of gave a blanketed update a few weeks ago on the Kendrick Johnson um, case. Unfortunately, there's still nothing to report back about that. Um, I am keeping an eye on it, though, so trust that if there is, I will talk about it and let you guys know what's going on. Yeah. And then also in the um, Daniel Robinson case, which is the young man who was missing in Buckeye, Arizona, um, there was a report, um, was it like a week ago, I think? I think it was about a week and a half ago. They had found some skeletal remains um, and the family, you know, did not come forward that it was his body. So at this time, we do not believe that the body was his. But unfortunately, that means he is still out there and they are still doing their searches every Saturday. So you guys can, um, like we encourage you if you're in the area and if you can help, of course, join the search party, join the, you know, volunteer to search for him because, I mean, he's been missing since, what, June 23rd? Yeah. And they still have not found him, so. Yeah, five months and no sign of him. No sign, yeah. And his family, I mean, his dad and his family, they are working their asses off trying to find him like every single day. So keep them, keep them in your thoughts and prayers and just hope that we can find him. Yeah, it just frustrates me so much because it's like Brian Laundrie got so much news and there was a full on manhunt for him and they spent millions looking for him and he wasn't even a... I mean, I know he was a suspect, but he wasn't a victim. And yeah. Daniel's Daniel a victim. Is a victim, and police are barely helping look for him. Yep. And it's it like even if they don't believe he's alive, you still need to look for him. It was the same with Brian Laundry. A lot of people thought he was dead, and they still searched for him. It makes me so right. mad. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, his family deserves to find his body and lay him to rest. Yeah. I mean, every. Pretty much every person deserves that, you know, yes. at the least. Yes. Oh, so. That's so frustrating. I also have two other case updates. Okay. One is if you guys have ever followed the disappearance of William Tyrrell in Australia, he was uh, a five-year-old boy that, or wait, was he five or three? I can't remember, but he was a young boy that went missing in Australia in 2014, and his he was in foster care and his foster parents were at the time cleared, but they've like last week they reopened his case and they're searching the foster grandmother's home, which is where he went missing from. And they, um, they took her car in to forensic testing and believe possibly his body was transported in it. Oh no. Yeah. So, uh, they're I, it's really good that they're reopening the case and they're searching the property and it's probably going to take weeks but it's um i mean it's huge that they that they reopen that case 
Um, and then in positive happy news, if you guys were following the case of Noah Claire, who was the three-year-old that was yeah. abducted by his father who didn't have full custody, um, they were found in California this week. They, It was ridiculous because they didn't put out an Amber Alert until this week, weeks after he was taken. So finally, right. Tennessee put out an Amber Alert. It extended to... Arizona because they found footage of the car in Arizona and then like shortly after the Amber Alert went out they found out that the car had been impounded in San Clemente California like days before so if this Amber Alert would have gone out earlier he probably would have been found earlier they would have exactly but thankfully you know they um they had abandoned the car but and and oh I'm so heated about this the Amber Alert was never extended to California. Like, we never got an Amber Alert in California. And that's where he went missing from and was found? Well, he went missing from Tennessee, but they know that oh, they abandoned the car in California. Wow. Like... That's crazy. And so, thankfully, because of basically the power of social media and everybody sharing about this, somebody spotted them walking on Pacific Coast Highway and called police and the video of noah being reunited with his mother i know it's so oh gut-wrenching <laughs> yeah but thankfully he's safe his father jake claire is currently in custody in california and he's been charged or he had a warrant out for his arrest for custodial interference in tennessee yeah like what the hell was he doing? Yeah, but he now is being charged with felony sexual assault in California. So oh. we don't know exactly what that charge is for, but he with them was also Amber Claire, who is yeah. uh Noah's His cousin, cousin right? and Jake's niece, yeah. and a lot of people believe that Jake was maybe grooming her and she left quote unquote willingly, but not actually yeah. willingly, you know. And that's the other frustrating part because there was never, never an alert out for her. And the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, they never put out that she was for sure missing until there was a, like, a capture of them on, you know, somebody, what am I trying to say? Somebody got a, or like, (laughs) captured a photo of them off of, like, security footage after the Amber Alert went out. And that's the first time the TBI officially said, oh, yeah, she's with them. Which is so frustrating because everyone knew that she was with them, but they wouldn't put it out there. And I get they have to follow procedure, but... I wondered that, too, because, like, she was, what, 16? Yeah, 16. So I wondered that, too, because I was like, if she is with them, obviously she's probably either being manipulated by Mm -hmm. the father or she left, quote-unquote, willingly because there's some kind of mm-hmm. something else going on there. You yeah. Know? Obviously, she's a child, so there's no blame to her, but... Yeah, and that's a frustrating part. I definitely part. was like, that's suspicious. She's a minor. Like, regardless of if she left willingly, when you're a minor, your parents are... have, like, say in what you do. And, I mean, I know that's not always good yeah. because people are in abusive situations and stuff, but mm-hmm. in this case, it's really frustrating because it, like... And who knows what he was telling her. Like, if you try to run, like, I'll kill Noah, like, blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know, there's no there's no telling what all she yeah. endured as well. But I'm guessing those sexual charges have to do with her. That's what I'm guessing, too. They haven't said anything, yeah. but I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. 
So, but either way, they're safe. They're with their family. It's amazing. And um, it just shows the power of social media and sharing about these cases and why we always share about a ton of cases. And, um, you know, it's it's just so important to get it out there. And this case really shows the the power of that. So I'm very heated about it. Sorry, guys. (laughs) No, you should be. I mean, every every case, every missing person's case should... Because a lot of time the protocol is not followed or the yeah. protocol that's in place is not working. It's not good. Yeah. And, and the system needs to change. We say that about a lot of different things, but it does. this is just prime example of it. It does. Okay. So now that we have given you guys some updates, I'm just going to go ahead and dive into my case this week because I think it is going to be kind of a long one. All right. I'm all for a long episode. I love listening to long (laughs) podcast episodes, so I'm here for it. I do too, unless I like am just going on a quick trip and then I like end up sitting in my car wasting time listening (laughs) to them instead of doing what I need to do. True. (laughs) But yeah, this one's going to be a long one, so buckle in. And if you have a long trip, go ahead and take it. I'm buckled. Okay. So as some of you may know, The issue with missing and murdered indigenous people has become a great interest and a passion of mine since starting this podcast. Really in the last like couple of months, maybe three three or four months, has it really been brought to my attention? I mean, I definitely knew that it was, you know, an issue, but I was completely unaware of how great of an issue it was. Yeah. I am saddened beyond measure that this is a problem, like such a problem here in the U.S. and in Canada. So now every chance I get, I will bring awareness to the issue because these people deserve more than what they're given. They deserve to be found. They deserve the media coverage and their families deserve justice. And most importantly, they deserve peace. Yeah, a thousand percent. And I'll say I'm really bad about keeping up with a lot of this. Andrea is the one that keeps me up to date with a lot of this. And I appreciate that so much. And I'm really glad you're covering a whole episode on this because... There's so much out there about missing people and I'm, you know, of course I'm doing my best to cover as many as I can, but it's, it's challenging. And, um, Andrea's really been amazing with helping keep me up to date and helping keep our Instagram followers up to date. So appreciate that a lot, Andrea. Sure. Absolutely. I know you have a lot on your plate with your own socials, so I try to do what I can on, I don't really share that much on my personal social media just because that's not my space for it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I definitely try to use our podcast platform as as a space to share cases that you share and then cases that we haven't heard about yet. So, yeah. And and um, if you guys remember a couple weeks ago when I did Julie Ferguson's case, yeah. I was talking about how I was like researching other cases that were in a specific niche and that was missing and murdered indigenous women. Okay. And... As always, I really could not find hardly anything. Like, I would find, like, little, you know, news stories here and there um, about, you know, one missing teen or one missing woman or one, you know, found dead or, you know, whatever. But it was just, like, one news article. That makes me so mad. I want to bring the, you know, I want to bring awareness to those cases. But with just so little information, it would be, there would be no episode. But while I was doing that research... I saw that there was a documentary that was going to be coming out on Oxygen. And I knew right away after reading the little, like, um, 
like what the documentary was going to be about that I wanted to cover the cases of these three young women. So at that time, I had to wait a couple weeks for the documentary to come out because it was not scheduled to come out until I think uh, November 12th was when it came out. But in those couple weeks that I had, I did some research of my own. So, of course, I will be adding what I learned, you know, from my own research as well as what I learned from the documentary. Amazing. So today I'm going to be covering the missing and, and murdered in Montana documentary and the cases of Henny Scott, K. Sarah Stops Pretty Places, and Selena Not Afraid. And it makes my heart break that I haven't heard about a single one of these. Yeah. And and um, during the documentary, there was there was actually like... I think it was 28 other active missing or like unsolved missing or murdered cases of young women in this same area. Wow. In just this area. Yep. Oh my God. So according to the Oxygen documentary, indigenous girls are the most stalked, raped, and murdered of any women in in any ethnic group in America. Since 2016, 6,863 Native American girls have gone missing in the U.S. 40% of women and girls sex trafficked in the United States are Native American. That is insane to me. That is like half. That's, That's insane. Yeah. So the first young woman that I'm going to discuss is Henny Scott, who was part of the Northern Cheyenne tribe in Montana. In December of 2018, Henny went out with some of her friends after school. Um, They had gotten out early that day, so she was like, you know, she called her mom, was like, hey, I'm going to go hang out with some friends. And her mother, Paula Stops, had asked her to come home a little later, but not to be gone, you know, too late. And she had spoken to her around 8 p.m. that evening, but Henny never arrived home. Paula attempted to try and locate her daughter through social media and through friends. She even went to the Bureau of Indian Affairs to report her missing. After reporting to the lame deer police several times, but nothing was done through them. The police did not even release the missing persons report for two whole weeks. Are you After kidding? her mother rep- reported her missing. Nope, I'm what not kidding fuck? you. Knowing good and damn well... The first 48 hours are the most critical yeah. in any person, in any missing person's case, especially and a we've, child. We've seen time over time them not taking it seriously right away and not releasing a report because maybe they're a runaway or whatever. But two weeks? Two weeks. No. Sadly, the family could not depend on law enforcement, so they gathered volunteers in the tribal community and organized a search party to find Henny themselves. Unfortunately... Henny's body was found on December 27th, which was 21 days after she had gone missing, in an area west of her home of Lame Deer, and she was completely covered in snow. The police declared at that time that she had likely died of hypothermia, but the tribal community and Henny's family believed that that was not the case due to the condition of her body. Henny was last seen on December 8th at the residence behind which her body was found, and she was only 14 years old. Oh, my God. During her autopsy, it was discovered that, number one, she was found without her shirt on, and her shirt was actually laid beside her, along with the shirt and other clothing on her body at the time of her death. 
none of it belonged to her except for her underwear. Wow. Um, her parents obviously got to identify her body and they, in their opinion, thought that her nose was visibly broken. She also had several scratches and bruises on her body and she had burn marks on her legs. Wow. No rape kit was performed, at least not one that was reported in the autopsy, which the autopsy, the initial autopsy was very slim on information. It was reported though that she did have um, alcohol in her system, yet no charges were filed and her case was abruptly closed. Henny was the middle child of her parents. They described her as outgoing and having a contagious smile. She loved art and was considered a tomboy. She and her father had a nightly ritual where they would go out and look at the stars together, which like mm. made me literally, this whole documentary made me cry, but like that part just really got to me. Yeah. Henny had wishes to become a doctor one day so she could further help the people in her community and on the reservation. John Tester, who was a senator in Montana, spoke up and made a public statement about Henny's case saying, quote, it is unfathomable, fathomable that 13 days could pass between the filing of a missing persons report and notification to the general public. Yeah. What? There's no excuse for that. No, there's not. Law enforcement owes a much higher standard to protecting the city. And this, I cannot read. Protecting the citizens of Indian country. And that was the senator that said that. Okay. The saddest part to me about this isn't just you know, a missing person. Like, she was a missing child, and still nothing was done to search for her. She was 14 years old. Like, I get it. Like, you were saying before, like, she was a, you know, teenager, and people always think teenagers just run away. Right. But I think if they would have, like, done their due diligence, like, maybe they could have found her alive. Yeah. Or if not, they damn sure could have found her body sooner than three weeks. Yeah. Each reservation has its own jurisdiction and tribal police. However, the Northern Cheyenne Reservation is 400,000 acres and has less than six tribal police officers. Wow. It's just like when you covered... Jocelyn Jocelyn and Jade. Jade. Yeah. Yep. Same exact thing. And there's a lot of, like, political stuff when it comes to, like... Like, okay, if somebody commits a crime on tribal land, the tribal police are not allowed to arrest them. They have to call state police, and state police comes in to arrest these people. Yet, they're expected to, you know, survey 400,000 acres of land where all of these tribal people live. Right. That doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. During the documentary, there was an anonymous source who came forward and said that there seems to be a lot of racial bias when it comes to crimes on the reservation, which, duh, like, I already, that's, that's like, the headline for it, it seems like. But due to being being afraid of retaliation from the IBA, he, of course, you know, remained anonymous. Henny's family eventually ended up breaking Native American tradition, and they decided to have Henny's body exhumed. Which is, like, a big deal in their community. Like, you don't... Once they're buried, they're at peace, and you don't disturb them. But they did this in order to have another autopsy performed. So, the the people who did the documentary, I think that they actually had someone 
do the autopsy. Like, I don't know if they, I don't know if they pay for it or whatever. Um, but it was a, a expert that they knew okay. that did the autopsy and it was performed. So they exhumed her body and shipped it to Pennsylvania. Okay. And the guy who did it, he was like this really old guy. Like he's been doing this for a long time. So, you know, he knows, but very doing. like educated. Exactly. Yeah. So during that autopsy, it was concluded that Henny's nose was not actually fractured. So I don't really know exactly like what her, you know, what her parents saw. I believe they saw what they saw, but it wasn't actually fractured. But that doesn't mean that it couldn't have been damaged. I don't know. Right. He did say that the bruises were most likely due to pooling of the blood from the position that she was laying. They did not address the burn. I don't know if it was no longer visible or what the situation behind that was. Okay. But but they did perform a rape kit, and luckily there was, you know, no sexual assault visible. Okay, that's good. They do, however, think that she most likely died at another location and was later placed where she was found. Um, but unfortunately, they could not determine the cause of death. So the initial autopsy said hypothermia, but they could not conclude that one way or the other. Okay, so... That's, I mean, that in and of itself is telling. Yeah, I think so, too, because the police were so quick to, like, open and shut her case, like, right. you know, down the, the line, just get it out of the way. Um, but this kind of says, well, they weren't right either. <laughs> right. Like, they weren't, we're not saying they were wrong, but we're also not saying they were right. Exactly. The next woman's case that I'm going to dive into is Kaysera Stops Pretty Places, Kaysera was a member of the Crow and Northern Cheyenne tribal communities in Montana. She lived with her grandmother and siblings. According to her family, Kaysera was reported missing after she never came home on the night of August 24th. She had gone out that night with friends to celebrate her 18th birthday. Mm. The following day, her aunt reported her missing, but the police said, well... She's 18 now. She's probably out partying with friends. And they completely dismissed her and downplayed the whole situation. Of course. Yeah. There is a law in Montana that all law enforcement agencies must take any missing person's report without delay and get them entered into a system so that multiple agencies would be alerted and have access to that information However, this did not help Kaysera's case oh. or any of the cases, really, because if this is a law, they're not doing. That's what I'm saying. There's there's in, in certain situations, there are a set of guidelines in place, but they're not following those guidelines. So right. it's like, what's the point? Right. <laughs> like, and I feel like that happens so much in these types of departments. And, you know, I know it's not everywhere, but yeah. Oh. That, oh, that just makes me so mad. I know. It's like, just do your damn job. Like, yeah, you can't be that busy. I mean, what else? I don't know. Yeah, this is your job. Or get, or, or get these um, reservations more police and give them yeah. the jurisdiction to do the things they need to do. Yeah. So on August 29th, the body of a young woman was found in the town of Hardin, which was a neighboring town. Her mother had actually gone down, her being Kaysera's mother had actually gone down to identify the body um, because there was reports on, you know, the media that it matched her daughter's description, but was told that the body was not Kaysera and that it was a 30-year-old woman. 
Okay. It wasn't until two weeks later that local law enforcement actually confirmed that, <gasps> yes, it was Kaysera. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. So for two weeks, her family was under the impression that their loved one was still out there, yet she was the body that had been found two weeks prior. That reminds me of Jelani Day. I mean, oh, they, yeah. they didn't say it wasn't him, but there was a body found and it took two weeks to identify. Right. What the fuck is... <sighs> it's unacceptable. Like, I understand, like, in certain situations there it's a little bit harder to like okay so Jaylani he was found in water right yeah so it may have been a little bit more difficult for them to get the samples they needed to identify him maybe even still two weeks is a long ass time yeah and why can't they have the family come down like I mean I I get if if the body's really decomposed but even in Jelani's case family was later to able family was later able to identify him physically so like look at a damn picture of the person and if it's close enough have the family come identify well that's like k sarah i mean she was missing she went missing on august 24th and was found on the 29th so that's five days so chances are her body was not i mean yes it was august but it was also montana i don't know when it gets cold in montana but it's probably not super hot that she would be so severely decomposed Let her mother take a look at the body and be like, yes or no. Yeah, exactly. Especially if the family wants to. I know, like, sometimes family doesn't want to. But if they are, if they're working on it, give them the option and say, hey, we can't identify via DNA yet, but you can come down and try to identify if you'd like. Yeah. I mean, there might be laws against that, but that's a law that, in my opinion, should be changed. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I feel like if you have somebody who's missing and they are resemble the the body they should be allowed to look at it i don't know exactly like if they if they resemble enough they should be able to like you can look at a damn picture of the person and say yeah, yeah. they resemble enough let's have the family come right oh <laughs> i know the area that her body had been found was near a road um and it was a high traffic area and it was in the yard next to the house that she had been partying at the night before. <laughs> so just like just a Kenny's case, like she was found behind the house that she had been partying at or she had been hanging out at that did, day. Did you not look there? I, it's like they it's like no one looked at all. Yeah. Like police didn't look at all or or like in Henny's case, they suspected that she had been moved and brought back. Right. So that seems a little more likely, I think. Yeah, I agree. So, okay, Sarah had been found face down on the side of the road, as I mentioned, and her cause of death was ruled undetermined. Okay. <laughs> like, she's an 18-year-old girl. Like, you have to determine some kind of cause of death. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So the circumstances surrounding her death and disappearance remain a mystery. Her family, of course, believes that she was murdered. But says local law enforcement is not treating her sudden disappearance and death as foul play. Therefore, no arrests were made. According to Kaysera's friends and family, she was an athlete. She ran track and cross country. And she played basketball. 
She also went to, <laughs> this is funny. She also went to her school's football coach and requested a tryout for her school's team and she made it, which I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. She was very affectionate and would always stand up for the underdog. The night that Kaysera went missing, like I mentioned, she had been hanging out with some friends. And evidently, according to a neighbor, there had been a disruption. And that neighbor had sounded his car alarm. And Kaysera was seen running, like she took off running, and she jumped over the fence um, in the neighboring yard. And that was the last time that she was seen alive. Her autopsy did conclude, uh, um, or it did include a toxicology screening, and it did indicate that her blood alcohol level was 0.149, which is double the legal limit. But even still, like, 18-year-old. Yeah. That's like, what, four beers? I don't know. I mean, yeah, (laughs) like, depending on all of it, but it's not like it's, that doesn't necessarily... An insane amount. Yeah. Um, Her family was also told by the coroner that in order to get her body back, she had to be cremated, which also, like in Henny's case, went against Native American tradition. Okay. They do not cremate. They do not cremate their dead. Which, why would her body? It's a weird thing to say. I don't know. That makes me think if there was some kind of cover up. Yeah. So, sadly, due to lack of DNA evidence and because her body was cremated, Kaysera's family will, ni- will likely never have the answers that they so very much deserve. Because they cannot exhume her body and have another yeah. autopsy performed. Last but certainly not least, the next young woman's case I'm going to be discussing is Selena Not Afraid. This is wild. During the filming of the Oxygen documentary, this girl went missing. Oh my gosh. So when they set out there to do the documentary, they were only going to cover Henny and Kaysera's case. Okay. Cases. And then Selena went missing. Wow. So they were like, um, we have to stay and talk to these, this family. And it's in, all in the same area. And all Native American women. Wow. Selena was just 16 years old when she disappeared. She lived with her mother on the Crow Reservation near Billing, Montana, and was last seen on New Year's Day at the eastbound Interstate 90 rest area between Billings and Hardin, which is in Montana. The previous night, her mother had dropped her off at a friend's house for what Selena said was going to be a girls' night in. However, it was later determined that it was actually a New Year's party and that there was going to be, like, older guys and girls there, you know, drinking, partying, having a good time. And she, you know, she's 16, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know how old these people were, but that's not too crazy, I I don't think, but not like her, according to her parents. Right. According to Bighorn County Sheriff's officials, Selena had got into a van with five other people driving from Billings to Harding when their van broke down. She had actually Snapchatted a friend earlier in the day telling her that the night before had been wild and her friend was worried because she didn't know where Selena was, you know, where she was going. She saw that she was in a van with like a bunch of people and she was like, wait, like what's going on? The van had pulled over at a rest area and eventually the van did start back up. Allegedly, the four other people in the van left Selena and another girl at the rest area. Wow. There was a there was an actual witness who spotted the two girls chasing after the van. 
and she actually caught it like on camera like she recorded it and she immediately reported it to the police however she was left on hold (laughs) okay yeah there was a snapchat video um on what i assume to be selena's snapchat of one of the guys in the van yelling at her telling her and the other girl to get out of the van and according to locals That area that the girls were left, specifically that specific rest area, was known to be a high sex trafficking area. Okay. So there's a lot of speculation that maybe um, they were at this party, somebody saw an easy target, and left them there to get trafficked. Selena's grandmother went down to the rest area and searched for her. They walked miles and miles and miles searching. They went down to the creek. They were literally calling out for her, yelling out her name. There was no sign of her anywhere. Her grandmother called state police. So in this situation, because I think she was off of the highway and not necessarily on... I'm I'm not sure. I may be misspeaking, but... I don't think she was like on the reservation at this at this point. Right. Um, she was able to call the state police and get the uh, state police involved as opposed to the um, tribal police. And she notified them right away that Selena was missing. And luckily, in this case, the official search for Selena began that night. Okay. Wow. That's surprising. Yeah. And I think it's because the state police were involved. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, that's that's just my assumption. Yeah. So for days, groups covered miles and miles on foot, on horseback, and in all-terrain vehicles searching for Selena. On January 20th, 20 days after she went missing, three quarters of a mile from the rest area, Selena's body had been found. And it was found in plain view. Oh my god. Like, in an open field. Like, there was no trees. There was nothing around her. Like, it was just, boom, her body. That's really weird. Yeah. This was odd. (laughs) Two investigators, because no one had spotted Selena during the search, even the search dogs. So, they had, like, I don't know if it was cadaver dogs or, you know, some kind of search dogs out there. Yeah. And they did not find her body. Okay. I'm a huge believer in that dogs those dogs can do some damn good work yeah and you're them not finding her and then her just being out in the open no yeah that doesn't add up yeah just like the other two girls they suspect that they were not that's not where they died yeah They, they were killed somewhere else and then brought back there wow again police were quick to rule her death accidental Much like the other two girls, even though the one was undetermined, but, you know, all the same kind of, we don't know what happened. Like, oh, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. And they also said that she did most likely die from hypothermia because it's Montana and it's January. I I, I could understand that, especially if um, they, you know, they did suspect that she was intoxicated. And if you do have alcohol in your system, that can be worse off for, like, cold conditions. But... They were wrong. She had no alcohol in her system. Her toxicology report came back, and it was clear. Wow, okay. Yeah. Another thing that her family found odd um, and police was there was no 
like quote unquote body print under where her body lay for 20 days. So you would think like the grass would be dead or at least be brown. You know, if there was snow or something, there would be like a little outline. Right. Nope, there was there was nothing. Okay. Just... No way she was there for longer yeah. than. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. Everyone suspects that someone took her off, did whatever, and then brought her back after they killed her. Yeah. And there was, like, a lot of police traffic in that area, too. So they think that, like, they possibly waited until the police stopped searching the area to bring her back, which I I don't know why people would go to such trouble to, like, take someone somewhere and then bring them back. It's just very odd. Unless it's, like, a serial killer and that's an M.O. or something. I don't know. It's just Or they're trying to make it look like it was, like, an accident or whatever. An accident. Yeah. Selena's purse and phone had been left at the house where she had partied the night before. And if she knew she was leaving in the van and was planning to leave on her own free will, wouldn't she have grabbed her purse and phone? Like, you would think that. Yeah. And then Selena's phone last pinged on January 1st, and then there was no other activity from it. So basically the day she went missing from that point on, there was no activity from her phone. Okay. These three cases are obviously eerily similar teens suspiciously going missing and then ending up deceased and their deaths being ruled accidental or having no real conclusion this many young people they don't just accidentally die like like yeah i said before one case okay she froze to death died of hypothermia sure but like no it's just it's too coincidental for me yeah and and why are their deaths not being looked into more Unfortunately, I do believe that there is something darker and more sinister happening to these young women. I don't know if it's like sex trafficking necessarily, just because they're they're not missing for very long. Yeah. But something is something is wrong, and something needs to be done. Definitely. In 2019, nearly 300 cases of missing Native American girls were reported to authorities in Montana alone. Wow. These are incredibly alarming rates yeah these girls and women live in constant fear will i be next they walk around with huge targets on their backs and police and local law enforcement seemingly do absolutely nothing this is unacceptable the native people of this country deserve way better treatment than what they're given And I hope that by covering these cases and bringing awareness to them that the media significantly lacks, (laughs) that one day, hopefully one day sooner than later, things will change for indigenous people. They are worthy and deserve a voice and we need to do more for them. Yeah. And I mean, it's our duty. Like we have this platform and that's why I'm going to keep covering as many cases like this as I can. Yeah. Like when I cover Jaden Jocelyn's case, like... That was really the, like, into it for me. Um, And realizing that, like, this is disgusting, that this is happening to these people and that that people just don't care about them. Yeah. And I don't understand why. I really don't. No, it's, there is literally no reason that this should be happening and there's no excuse that it continues to happen. Right. And the fact that, like... They are considered, like, quote-unquote, easy targets because they don't have, like, you know, sufficient police to look out for them. Like, that needs to change, and that's 
scary. And like, obviously it's a huge problem. Like who, why do these people keep turning a blind eye to it? Like, I don't understand it at all whatsoever. Yeah, me neither. It's just not okay. No, it's not. And I highly recommend, like, if you're interested in any of this kind of stuff, to watch this documentary. Yeah. It's on Oxygen, if you have Oxygen. I had to, like, download. It was a hot mess. I had to download, like, all these different apps. And then it was like, you still can't watch this. And then I ended up getting, like, this, like, TV app called Fubo. Oh, I've heard of that, (laughs) actually. And it's kind of cool because, like, you can watch, like, live football if you're into that, which I don't really care about. But... I was able to finally watch it on there, and okay. um, I definitely want to. And of watch course, it. it has like all the other good like oxygen shows, like Snapped and My yeah. Neighbor's a Murderer, and all that stuff. And yeah. there's a lot of good documentaries on there, so I'm like right. gonna try to take advantage of my seven day free trial. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but that that is the case or cases, I guess I should say, of Henny, K. Sarah, and Selena. I really hope that they. Obviously, with Sarah's case, like, you know, like, their family said they don't really have a lot of options now that her body is cremated. But yeah. I'm hoping one day that these girls can get some justice and they can they can try to find out more as to what happened to them. Because I just don't believe that it was as simple as they went to a party and no. died of hypothermia. Especially Selena, because, like, she wasn't even intoxicated. Yeah, that doesn't sound... Is there... Has there ever been any suspicion that there is, like, a serial killer? I don't know. They didn't really mention that. But <clears throat> if there is, because like I said, there's like 28 other cases that were open around yeah. this time. I mean, you'd have to be really like sneaky and get a, like, I mean, I guess it would be easy to get away with it there because they don't really have anyone, Yeah, you know, watching out for them. But well, I mean, it's a possibility, I guess. I don't know if you've listened to the most recent episodes of Morbid about the freeway killer, I think it was called, but they were saying on it that this guy, like, they didn't make the connection that there was a serial killer for a really long time. Is he the one that would, like, rape and kill women and then dump them on the side of the highway? No, this is a different one. He, like, targeted young boys. Oh. And, yeah, and they didn't for a really long time didn't put the connection together that there was a serial killer and they said part of it could be because they didn't like the police department once they say there's a serial killer it's kind of like oh shit there's a serial killer which isn't an excuse obviously but right but people in the media yeah they go crazy but i definitely think it's possible that there could be a serial killer that isn't caught or identified or not even that but like not realize that it's a serial killer i definitely think like that's a possibility in general so i wonder if they've ever thought about that in these i mean the fact i i i agree with you i think i think it's a very big possibility just for the simple fact of them being seemingly killed somewhere else and then brought back like that's a that's like a calling card or whatever you want to call it, you know, with serial killers. Yeah. And then there was also some speculation that, um, like the date rape drug GHB or whatever, mm-hmm. um, could have been used because okay. it like within like 12 or 18 hours or something is completely out of your system. So they would, it would not be detected on a toxicology screen 20, you know, 20 days, five days, whatever later. 
And I mean, that like knocks you out. You're like yeah. down for the count. But still, like, wh- how, why are they dying? Are they free? Yeah. Are they passing out and freezing to death? Like, Who I don't knows? know. But it's not just these three women. So if it is that, either, e- either of those things, like, I feel like they could do more to figure it out. Yeah, like put a little bit sure. of investigative effort into it and figure out what the hell is happening or increase yeah. your, I don't know, police presence, but not even that. Like get your shit together so this doesn't keep happening. Yeah, care about these girls. Like what if they were your daughter, yeah. you know, or your wife or your sister or whoever's important to you that's a woman. Like yeah. be be empathetic and put yourself in these family situations if nothing else. Yeah. <sighs> very heavy stuff but hopefully hopefully they'll have some reopenings of cases and they'll they'll figure out what's going on in these areas i mean wyoming which is where jade and jocelyn were killed or you know potentially killed another high area for indigenous people yeah same kind of stuff i mean there's there's multiple areas all over the country that have um reservations and i'm sure it's happening at all of them yeah and it doesn't help that there's such little police presence in these areas like it just there's a lot of factors that lead to what could potentially be foul play in a lot of these cases in my opinion yeah i agree well hopefully i feel like missing and murdered indigenous women are starting to slowly get more attention so hopefully that will just continue to build and you know we'll continue to share cases on here but as andrea said at the beginning it's so hard because there's so little information yeah. But, you know, with that, we can at least share the information more easily on Instagram and TikTok and places like that to help get it out there. And I also encourage all of you guys, whenever you see, I mean, any missing person post or shared on Instagram, but especially missing and murdered Indigenous women, to share it. Yeah. Because the more it gets shared, the more pressure will go to those police departments Right. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. The more things are talked about in the media, the more likely they are for police to get involved in, you yeah, know. Yeah, it puts heat on police that they don't have and they don't want to look stupid in the yeah. media. So they start giving a shit. And yeah. if that's what it takes for them to give a shit, then we need to keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. Do your part. We'll continue yeah. to do our part with this platform that we have. We appreciate everybody, like, caring, too. I feel like a lot of our listeners you guys care and genuinely care yeah yeah we, we love you guys for that yeah and make sure you're following us like like we said on instagram at inhuman underscore podcast also follow us over on facebook at yeah. inhuman a true crime podcast because we um do post our uh photos. episodes yeah. and photos there and i think you have mentioned this like it's a better for like the the Discussion, conversation to kind of yeah. go back and forth but yeah That's really all I have for you guys today. And thank you as always for listening. Thank you for caring about us and these cases and keep sending in your case suggestions because we do want to cover pretty much every single one that you guys have sent us. Yeah. And make sure you guys uh, tune in. We, I know Thursday is Thanksgiving, but we are releasing a very special episode. So if you need something to listen to while you're prepping your turkey (laughs) <laughs> we will have that or you know later that weekend it still be available and to all our listeners that are not in america there will still be a new episode on thursday even though it's an american holiday yes. yeah so happy thanksgiving to those who celebrate and thank you guys for listening and until next time keep it human bye